Okay? So we're starting a new year. We made it. Congratulations. Uh, we, we made it here. And <clears throat> as we're starting off the, the new year, probably uh, a lot of us are thinking the same thing about 2022. We are hoping it will be what? Sure. We're hoping it will be a better year. How many of you remember thinking that last year this time? Yeah. Man, I, I, I remember thinking, man, I hope, you know, we, we made it through 2020. Yay! And I hope 2021 is going to be so much better than 2020. And we're like, yeah, it wasn't, right? in a lot of ways. And I'm not saying everything was terrible. There was a lot of really, really good things. Even in 2020, when I look back over that year, uh, I could identify lots of things that were really good. And it wasn't all awful. Uh, it was definitely more challenging. In 2021, same thing. Uh, not everything was horrible or terrible. Uh, hopefully you didn't walk through uh, 2021 in total misery every single day. If you did, that's on you because there's, there's things in every day. There are blessings uh, to be found uh, every day. But it was challenging. Uh, it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't easy throughout 21. A lot of things uh, about it, we would say, you know, I didn't, I didn't like that. There was a lot of things about 2021 that I think most of us would say, I, I, I didn't enjoy that. That wasn't fun. Uh, I didn't like that at all. I don't like what has been happening. Right? I think a lot of us could agree on that. And I don't know what would be on your list. Your list might look different than my list, of things that I would put down and say, I didn't like this, I, I didn't like this when this happened. So your list might look different than mine, but whatever is on there, whatever blessings you would put in that column and whatever challenges you would put in a different column, I think a lot of us are truly hoping that this year will be better in the sense that maybe it'll be a little bit easier uh, with some of the restrictions that uh, we've experienced uh, in the last couple years on just how we do life and Maybe a little less stressful. 2021 had some stress in it that is out of the ordinary uh, from some of the things that we've been experiencing. Certainly, I hope it's less frustrating, and um, I, I, I don't know that it's going to turn out that way. In fact, if I'm being honest with you, uh, when I look back over the last couple years, it's not just so much uh, that I didn't like what was happening for the last couple years. Uh, honestly, there's a couple times throughout the last couple years that I would say I didn't really like who I was becoming in some of those moments. I didn't like the person uh, that I saw in the mirror as we experienced increased levels of stress and frustration and you fill in the blank. The frustration of things that has been happening over the last couple years, there have been times. I'm not saying that I've been like on a low burn or like on the edge of snapping for two years straight. That's not what I mean. I just mean there's been times over the last couple of years where um, I would say my heart was not where it should be. There's been times where my heart has been moved because of frustration of some things that, uh, that maybe frustra frustrate you too. I don't know. But uh, my heart got moved into some places that I, it, it didn't belong there. And uh, more than once over the last couple years, I found myself saying, I, I don't really like this person that I see. And I, 
I think there's got to be a better way to deal with maybe stress. There's got to be a better way to deal with this frustration, especially over things that we have very little, if any, control over, right? A lot of the things that I'm, I'm not going to make an assumption of what frustrates you. A lot of the things that frustrate me about what's been happening the last couple of years, I have no control over any of it. Um, and, and there has to be some way of dealing with that that is better than the way I handled it in my mind and in my heart a few times throughout the last couple of years. And if you're sitting there saying to yourself, man, we need a different church, this guy... <laughs> can't keep it together. You know, if, if you're under the illusion that pastors never struggle with things, uh, sorry, sorry to, I mean, I don't, I don't know what you thought. Like, what's he do all week? He probably polishes his halo the rest of the week, right? That's probably what he does. Uh, no, uh, pastors are humans too, and, and we, we've got to walk through difficulties just like you do. So anyway, I came across this series, the sermon series, originally uh, from Pastor Craig Rochelle from Life Church, And uh, I, I, I like the, the title of it, and we certainly appreciate Life Church. They give away all these cool graphics and, and some sermon ideas, and it's helpful. Um, but when, when he preached the series, he shared with his church some struggles that he was having, different than the ones that I just shared with you. For him, he had, he had allowed busyness, uh, he had allowed a desire, according to him, uh, a desire for success, and certainly Life Church is a very large church, and I'm, I'm sure that is very demanding and time-consuming uh, to lead something like that. But he said he had allowed busyness and a desire for success to, quote, turn him into someone that he didn't like. Someone who was overwhelmed and rushed and burned out. He didn't like who he was becoming. And so he came to this conclusion, there's got to be a better way to do life. There's got to be a better way to do ministry. And uh, maybe, you can, maybe you can relate to what I was uh, sharing with my struggle, or maybe you relate to that one. You can relate to this feeling of being burned out or, or just too busy. And because of that, you feel stressed out all the time, you feel anxious all the time, or maybe, maybe what you struggle with uh, when you look in the mirror and you don't like the person you're becoming is because you feel uh, unsatisfied. Maybe you feel unfulfilled, unhappy all the time. Uh, maybe it's not anger, like this low burn anger all the time. You just, you feel like, what's the point? And when you feel that way, when you look in the mirror and you don't like who you are becoming or who you are in that moment, sometimes we can't even figure out why. And that can be frustrating. Like, I don't, I don't understand <clears throat> why this is even happening in my heart, and I don't know how to fix it, right? Sometimes people feel that way. You go to church, you, you go to a grace group maybe, and, and, and you serve in a ministry, you listen to K-Love all week in your car. You, you read your U-Version devotionals. You pray. I mean, you do all of these things that Christians um, you know, should do if they want to keep their hearts where they should be. But life's still hard, isn't it? Even if you do all of those things, it doesn't change the fact that life's still hard, that there's still things that happen in life that we don't like, that aren't fun. There's still things that happen in life that are, that are really hard and painful. 
and life is, is stressful. And so if, uh, if you don't like who you are becoming, and it's not like maybe all the time, but there are moments maybe throughout the year where like, I, I, I don't like the trend in which my heart is traveling right now, and I don't really know what to do with that. I don't want to become an angry person. I don't want to become this person who is just stressed and anxious all the time. I don't want to become this person who is just afraid all the time. Or this person who is unsatisfied with everything in my life. If you can relate to that, then you maybe would agree with this statement. There's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way. And that's what this January series is going to be about. 2022, just going to tell you, 2022 is probably not going to be easier than 2020. Probably not going to be easier than 2021. In fact, I've got a gut feeling it's probably going to get harder. So welcome to Grace Fellowship Church, right? We like to keep it light and fluffy, and we like to keep our Christmas decorations up until February. So that's welcome. I'm kidding. We're not doing that. We do sing Christmas songs through February, though. We do like to do that. But if you, if you, want, if you want a better way to live through uncertainty... If you want a better way to handle stress than maybe the way you've been handling it, if you want a better way to deal with disappointment, a better way to deal with frustration, how about this? Do you want a better way to deal with fear? Well, I think this series is going to be for you. For those of you who are already perfect, I don't know what to tell you. I guess uh, you can spend this month, you know, shining your halo nice and, you know, get it real, real polished up while the rest of us figure out, you know, when we have these moments, excuse me, when we look in the mirror and say to ourselves, I don't really like who this person is right now, or we look in the mirror and we say, you know what, the the way that I'm living, where my heart's right right now, uh, it's, it's not making my life better. Right? You, you know what I mean? Like sometimes the trends and the decisions that we make in life, they don't make our lives better. There must be a better way. I think this series is going to be super helpful. Okay, so here we go. John 14. Would you open your Bibles to John 14? I want to give you a little bit of context into what we're about to read. When we talk about a better way, we're, we're going to look at a very familiar passage if you've been in church, for any length of time, or you've been to a funeral, you probably have heard John 14, 1 to 6, and the familiar phrase there is when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me, right? It's a familiar passage, and of course, the other part of this passage that is familiar is when Jesus talks about our home in heaven that he is preparing for us. So we'll read it, <clears throat> but I think for it to really have the weight that it should carry for us, you need to understand what comes before it. In chapter 13, you can just kind of look over, just gloss over chapter 13. You'll notice that the context there is the Last Supper with Jesus and his disciples. So they're having this, uh, this Last Supper together and a lot of moving parts, right? That's where the the bread and the cup happen in the beginning of chapter 13. We see this very unique time where Jesus washes his disciples' feet. He teaches them 
uh, a lesson about forgiveness. Uh, he teaches them a lesson about servant leadership in that. Uh, it's, it's a very powerful thing. It's, uh, it's one of the things that is unique to us as a Karis church in that we, we continue that practice when we have communion. And the reason for that is found here in, in chapter 13. The other interesting thing, though, about chapter 13 is in the context of this Last Supper, two things happen that are, that are uncomfortable. One of the things that happens is that Jesus identifies Judas as his betrayer. So you have this washing of the feet, and then you have Jesus saying, oh, by the way, one of you is going to betray me. And of course, they look around and you know, who, who would do that? And then Jesus identifies the betrayer <clears throat> as Judas, and he gets up and he leaves. He gets up and walks out. Now, put yourself in that moment. That would be awkward. I mean, at minimum, that would be awkward. But you can just kind of maybe imagine the tension in the room over that. The next thing that happens in chapter 13 is that Jesus tells Peter, oh, by the way, not only did that guy go out and he's going to betray me, but you, Peter, are going to deny you even know who I am before the dawn happens tomorrow. No. Yeah, yeah. So that is where chapter 14 begins. Judas identified as a betrayer. Peter identified as a denier. And look at verse 1 of chapter 14. Look how it starts. It starts with this phrase, don't let your hearts be what? <laughs> what? Imagine yourself in that moment. I bet those guys didn't like what was happening in that moment. Jesus says, don't let your hearts be troubled. And then he says, trust in God, trust also in me. I bet we could just pause and, and let that sit on our hearts for just a moment, couldn't we? Whatever it is that you filled in the blank in your mind when, when I was talking about you know, this list of things that we didn't like over the last couple of years, whatever's, whatever's in that column for you, Hear Jesus saying to you, don't let your heart be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in Him. We could probably stop there, huh? We could just let, if, we just, if we could just do that, 2022 would, would be okay. It'll be okay. But I have a lot more notes, so we're just going to do it anyway. I already, I already wrote them down, so we might as well just keep going. Let me read it to you. John 14. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my Father's home. Interesting transition, isn't it? So they're having this Last Supper, and like the, the tone of the room is, is, is awkward and tense. And he's saying, guys, don't, don't let your hearts be filled with trouble and worry. Trust God. And then he gets them to think about the future. There's more than enough room in my Father's home in heaven. If this were not so, would I have told you that where I am going, or that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And the reason I think that he's, he's moving ahead is because of what's about to happen. He's about to get arrested. He's going to have this false trial, this beating, this crucifixion. He's about to die. 
And of course, we know on the other side of that, three days later is the resurrection. On the other side of that is he's going back to heaven. So he knows, he knows what's, what's happening. And, and so he's already trying to prepare them for what's coming next. Well, when he dies, when he raises from the dead, when he goes back to heaven, what's going to happen there? He says, there's enough room in my father's home in heaven. I'm going to go there and prepare a place for you. When everything is ready, I'll come and I'll get you so that you'll always be with me where I am. Now, we have the benefit of being able to look back and we know the whole story, right? These guys in this moment, they don't have that benefit. They're figuring it out in real time. They're living it in real time. So We, we understand verse 4 in a different way than they would have heard it. Jesus tells them, I'm going to go to heaven, I'm going to prepare a place for you, I'm going to come back, I'm going to get you, I'm going to take you to be with me forever. And then he says in verse 4, you know the way to where I'm going. You know the way to where I'm going. And Thomas says, "Uh, no, we don't. Time out, no, we don't. We don't know the way, Lord, because we don't know where you're going. Where are you going? We, We can't know the way to where you're going, because we don't know where you're going. I love Thomas's honesty. And so Jesus tells him, he says in verse 6, this is the famous verse that most of us maybe even have memorized, we've heard it so many times, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus responds to uh, Thomas's question. Jesus, we, we, we don't know where you're going. How, how do we know the way to get there if we don't know where you're going? He says, I, I am the way. When, when Jesus said, I am the way, he wasn't, we do have some students in the room, right? So this, this joke is purely for students in the room. A lot of you have no clue what I'm about to say, all right? Just go with it. When Jesus said, I'm going to say to the students, right? When Jesus said, I am the way. He was not quoting the Mandalorian. He, that's not who he was quoting. All right. Oh, we do have some people who know the Mandalorian. All right. All right. You're like, Who's the Mandalorian? That was purely for my students in the room. They hopefully know that joke. All right, moving on. Sorry. I, I thought the students would enjoy it. When, when Jesus said, I am the way, he was, he was talking about the way to heaven. He was talking about the way to to the heavenly father, the way to be made right with God. He was talking about the way to gain eternal life, the way to have a home in heaven that is prepared for us by Jesus. The point there in verse 6 is that there's not multiple ways, there's not multiple paths to heaven. There's one, there's one. Trusting Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross as a full payment for our sin debt that we owe to God, that we cannot pay off on our own. Trusting in the resurrection of power of Jesus that he demonstrated when he rose from the dead three days after he died. Trusting in in that resurrection power to take our spiritually dead soul and breathe spiritual life into us, making us 
spiritually alive. That's what Jesus meant when he used the phrase, you must be born again. We have a physical birthday. We need a spiritual birthday. And that happens when we trust Jesus as our Savior, our our forgiver of sin, the one who makes us right with God. The only way that any of that happens is to receive God's gift of grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. The way. There's one. And if you haven't yet taken that step of faith in Jesus, please hear me. That is your first step to a better way of life. Everything that we're going to talk about this month is built on that first step of faith in Jesus. Because we're going to talk about the way of Jesus. Well, you can't You can't expect to live the way of Jesus and live life uh, by following him if you're not following him, if you haven't yet trusted him as your savior. There is a better way to live life. To follow Jesus, uh, I believe, is that better way. And if you're ready to take that step, if you're ready to explore that seriously, uh, on the website, I don't mention this every week, maybe I should, but... There's a, there's a button on the website. If you go to the website, gracefellowship.online, uh, go to our page, the Lemersville page, and just scroll down. There's a button there that says, I'm ready. It's very simple. I'm ready. Just click that, and all the information that you need uh, to explain how you take this step of faith in Jesus Christ as your forgiver, as your Savior, it's all right there. Take your time with it. If you have any questions, reach out to me. Uh, if you do make a decision, also, please let us know. We'd love to, uh, to help you know how to take the next step, uh, the next steps in following Jesus, because it's not, that's not the end of your faith journey. It's the beginning, it's the most important, but it's not the end. We as a church, we, we want to help each other live a Jesus-centered life. That's a lifelong thing, a lifelong journey and, and, and pursuit that we are on together and we want to help you with that, uh, so let us know if you take that step of faith in Jesus. So when Jesus said, I am the way, he was talking about the way to heaven. But Jesus didn't just come to give us eternal life. That's important. I don't mean to, do, to diminish that in any way. But Jesus didn't just come to offer us eternal life when we die. He came to transform our lives while we live. Do you know, do you know what the first generation of Jesus' followers was called? Mm-hmm. Yep. I heard it. Not all of you. The, not Christians. They weren't the Christians. They weren't the Bible thumpers, right? They weren't the Jesus freaks. That, that wasn't what they were known as in the first century. They were known as the way. That's what they were known as. In uh, Acts chapter 9, I'll just, I wrote all the verses down that the, that title appears in. We won't look at all of them, but look at Acts chapter 9, 1 and 2. So you have Saul, before he became Paul, before his conversion, Saul in Acts 9, 1, he's uttering threats. Every breath was eager to kill the Lord's followers. Wow. And he went to the high priest and he requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the, you notice the word way is capitalized. The way is, is what they were known as 
as these followers of Jesus were called the way. And if he found anyone of the way, he had the authority to bring them back, arrest them, and uh, do, do bad things. And you see that throughout. Eventually, they would become known as, as Christ followers, Christians. But at the very beginning, this group of Jesus followers was the way. The reason for that is because the focus of early followers of Jesus was on living the way of Jesus, to live a Jesus-centered life. That was their focus. When you read through the New Testament, it's full of examples of this emphasis, not just on, hey, how do I get to heaven when I die? That really wasn't the emphasis throughout the New Testament or even in these early followers of Christ. I'm not saying it didn't matter. I'm saying it wasn't the emphasis of, of what they were focused on. What they were focused on was this uh, idea of the way of Jesus, the, to live and to love like Jesus. So in your, in your faith uh, journey, in, in your heart, if you, if you are asking the question, like, what's the minimum that I have to do to get to heaven? If that's where your mindset is as far as what Christianity means or, or what your faith experience should be like, if that's what it is for you, you are missing it. You don't, I don't think you even really understand the gospel fully. Because the gospel is not just about our future. It's about the way we live our lives right now. Just as important. Now, we have to know the what of our faith. We, we, it's important that we understand the truth, that Jesus is the way, the truth the life. It's important that we understand the truth of Jesus, but we have to also understand the importance of the way of Jesus as well. We know this is true in communication. It's not just what you say, it's the way you say it, right? I'll give you two quick examples. Uh, The importance of what we say does matter. My sister and I, Michelle, we, we went this was the day after Christmas. I think it's the day we went. We went out to get, no, it was Monday. So then, yeah, it doesn't matter. We went out together to get wrapping paper, right? When you go out to uh, Hobby Lobby to get wrapping paper because it was uh, cheap. And so we went and did that together. And we thought, oh, I've got a couple, a uh, little bit of time. Let's go to Sam's. I needed just a few things. She needed just a few things. And so we went. I got my turkey bacon. Don't judge me. I got my turkey bacon and something else, and she got whatever she was, she was there to get. And as we're walking back through uh, the one section there, I noticed that they had these sugar cookies that were big, and uh, they looked amazing, and I think they had the word gourmet on it, so you have to buy if they say gourmet. So anyway, I got this box of cookies, and I put those in my cart, not on the official list given to me by my wife, but Sometimes you have to do those things. And so I put the, the cookies in the cart, and we go, and we, we, we pay for our stuff. So everything's in one cart. Like, we don't have a lot of stuff. Everything's in one cart. I have my receipt. She has her receipt. We go to the, the lady uh, at the exit. You know how this works, right? So you give her the receipt, and she checks. Make sure the stuff uh, in your cart matches the receipt. I said, uh, we, we have two receipts. Both of our stuff uh, are in here. Here's, here's mine. That's fine. So she uh, clicks the, 
beep, and, and then checking things in, in the cart. And uh, turkey bacon, yeah, yeah. And, and then she says, she says, obviously these cookies are yours. I don't think that she meant to be insulting to me. I don't think that was her intent. But I'm thinking, and uh, I admit I said it out loud. I said to her, uh, so wait a minute. You looked at the two of us. You looked at the cookies. And what was it about me that made you say, obviously, these cookies are yours? That was a fun conversation. and uh, I, again, I don't, think, I don't think that she meant to insult me. Uh, but what you say does matter, right? How you say it, the way you say it also matters. If I, if I said to my wife, uh, you look really good, that's, uh, that's different than if I said the exact same words by saying, you look really good, right? That sound, the way you say it matters. If, uh, if, I, said to, uh, if I said to Ralph, Ralph, you look really good, right? That's going to sound different. Uh, that's going to be communicated differently than if I say, Ralph, you look really, I might get beat up, right? I could get beat up if I said it that way. Right? The way, the, thanks, Ralph. The, the way you say it matters, not just what you say. As followers of Jesus, we need, we need to know the truth. That matters. The truth of Jesus matters because the truth of Jesus is what connects us to the life of Jesus, right? You, you understand that. We have to understand the truth of Jesus and his sinless life and his sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection. And theology matters, it does. But we also need to live the way of Jesus. You can have all the truth correct. You can have it all ordered in the right way in your mind. But if you don't live it, you're missing it. Does that make sense? The way of Jesus is what leads to abundant, transformational, peace-filled, courageous, love-filled lives. Jesus offers us more than a home in heaven when we die. He offers us a better way to live life. You think about Jesus and his example, the way of Jesus. Jesus lived without sin. How amazing would that be to live 2022 with less sin in our lives? Jesus loved people unconditionally. Can you you imagine if we loved unconditionally? Jesus disconnected from the crowds. He disconnected from the busy pace of life so he could be alone with God. and Didn't feel bad about it. He, he rested. You get that? That Jesus rested and didn't let anyone make him feel bad about it. He wasn't too busy to have long meals and deep conversations with people that he loved. Jesus was not afraid to do hard things. Jesus did not let, how about this one, did not let self-righteous people derail his heart from what really mattered. Jesus gave us a pattern for a better way to live life. Matthew 11 is going to be kind of our theme 
for this series, if you look at that with me, Matthew chapter 11. We're almost done. I just want to look at this, kind of set the stage for where we're headed this month. In, uh, in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you what? For some of you, that's what you needed so desperately to hear this morning. I don't, I, I don't know everything going on in your lives. I don't know what's heavy on your heart this morning, but I know in a room like this, there's someone in the room that desperately needed to hear Jesus say that to them today. Come to me. All of you who are weary and you carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. And then verse 29, he paints this picture for us. When we come to Jesus for rest, what does that, what does that mean? How do we actually do that? He says in verse 29, take my yoke upon you, let me teach you. Because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you will find the word again, rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. The yoke, not an egg, this is the picture here of the yoke that Jesus is describing. It's a farming tool, a wooden cross piece that covers uh, and, and connects over the necks of two animals, and then that, then these two animals are attached to a cart that pulls product from A to B, that, or sometimes it's connected to a plow that will work a field. And the thing about two animals that are connected together with a yoke is that they have to work together at the same pace. They have to move in the same direction. Don't have one animal off this direction, another off this direction, or one getting out in front of the other. That's the whole point of the yoke. Yes, you double the capacity for work, but at the same time, you have these two animals that are working together, moving in the same direction. That was the point that Jesus was making with this picture. He says if you're burned out, if you're worn out, if you're freaked out, there's a better way to move through life. Don't attach yourself to your schedule. Don't attach yourself to your job. Don't attach yourself just to religious activity. Attach yourself to Jesus. Go at His pace. Move in the direction that He goes. Work with Jesus. Do you see in that, in that phrase there when he, when he talks about Rest, he gives rest. The word's mentioned there twice. And, and even the image that is painted uh, of the yoke, and, and, and he uses the word work. Rest for, for Jesus is not taking a nap. That's not how he's using the word. He's using the word as, yes, there's work to be done. Yes, we've got to move through life. We have things that we have to go do. And it's going to require effort and energy and all of that. But when we attach ourselves to Jesus and we do it His way, there's rest. And He uses that word in the, in the sense where there's peace and there's fulfillment 
and there's contentment and there's joy. We have to go do this work, but when we do it with Jesus and we do it in, in his way, there's a, there's a satisfaction that he provides when we, when we do it with Jesus. That's a better way. So are you tired? I don't know. Are you tired of the exhaustion? Are you tired of maybe stress-induced headaches? Are you tired of sleepless nights from these anxious thoughts that you can't seem to turn off? Are you, are you tired of being miserable? Are you tired of being afraid? Are you tired of being angry? If you don't like the person you are right now, the person you are becoming, there's a better way, the way of Jesus. And that's what we're going to talk about all month long. Here's where we're headed. When you are too busy... For what matters, there's a better way. When you're waiting for better days to come, like you, you can't enjoy the moment because you're, you're always waiting. There's better days ahead. There's something better coming. When you're always waiting for better days to come. There's a better way. When you're living a distracted life, make sure you put that one down on your calendar. Don't miss that day, right, some of you. You're living a distracted life. There's a better way. At the end of the month, when you've given up on prayer, and I know in a room full of Christians, you'd never want to admit that out loud. But it happens. It happens with Christians. You get to this place where it's like, oh, why even bother? God doesn't do what I want. When you've given up on prayer, there's, there's a better way. So I hope you'll commit to joining us all month long. I, I believe that this series is going to set the tone for whatever 2022 is going to bring. Some of what's going to be really, really good. Some of what's coming this year is going to be really, really hard, whatever it is. I think if we set the tone right now on this better way to live life, the way of Jesus, it's going to be a good year. Amen? Lord, thanks so much.